Welcome back to B-Side Stories. You're listening to Wellington Access Radio on 106.1 FM. If you wish to make a complaint, you're more than welcome to. There'll be no reason to, of course, but just so you know, that is your right as a consumer of Wellington Access Radio and of us, B-Side Stories. Don't forget you can subscribe on, well, basically wherever you get your podcasts, like iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, and then you'll never miss out if you want to listen to something else at five, which you probably won't. So, joining us now uh, is Joanna. Joanna, why don't you introduce yourself, because you can probably do it much better than I can. (laughs) Hi, well, I'm Joanna. I'm one of the co-founders with two other friends and then, um, oh, sorry, about five other people that we've rubbed in, um, to start the Social Change Collective. Um, So we we just started at the beginning of this year, and we are a network that aims to bring together young people in Wellington who are passionate about exploring social issues and bringing about actionable solutions to those issues. Can you give us a a really basic example of the kind of thing that the Social Change Collective does? Um, So each month we host an event, um, and that that is about bringing together young people, and we specifically use that word instead of young professionals, um, even though a lot of us met at university, um, we are very aware that interests and knowledge and experience spans everyone. Um, so we just want to, and we want to be able to connect with people that don't, that aren't all lawyers and aren't all, I don't know, policy analysts or, you know, different. We want to hear the conversation from different people. So we have these events um, on quite specific topics, um, our first one was on homelessness in Wellington, um, which was very focused and very, oh, it was, it was very intense. <laughs> um, but at the end of that, we walked away, like having set up actions of what could we do to make a change. Um, so that was one example where the actions were ongoing um, and we put together focus groups of people that were interested and they've been working together on particular projects. But then we have other events, like um, one was on our relationship with non-human animals, and that the actions of that are much more focused on the individual. So what can you do yourself to perhaps change your relationship with non-human animals? Wow. Mm. So how is this different from, say, a, a human rights NGO or... A social consciousness NGO, what makes you different as an organisation? Um, I think that it is, it's about broad social issues. Um, no, it's about our interest in a broad range of issues that we didn't want to, I mean, a lot of us have done and still do um, in our personal time, volunteering for particular organisations that are interesting to us individually. But um, as a collective, we wanted to provide social issues that are familiar to our community here in Wellington um, so that we can connect with the council, we can connect with parliament, we can connect with the NGOs that already operate here and say, hey, where do you need a hand? We've got all these people that can, that want to give time to helping you guys. So when, in, when this year did you spring up? Um, I think it would have been about February this year. Yeah, oh. so... And since February, what has your following become? Who, what do you mean by when you say all these people ready to help? <laughs> um, well, it started off as just a Facebook group where we just trolled everyone, all of our friends, <laughs> worried that 
um, no one would turn up. But actually, people, I didn't realise how expensive Facebook is in the sense that sometimes at these events I'll chat, be chatting to people and I always make sure I ask, how did you hear about us? I'm like, I've never met you. You're not, you don't seem to be a friend of a friend of a friend, which is great because we want to diversify our group and our following. Um, and they just say, oh, I saw it on Facebook. I saw someone liked it. I saw it was happening around the corner from work or, yeah. That's so special. That's, <laughs> I feel like that's the way forward for our generation, for kind of the under 40s who don't know what to do with themselves is seek like-minded peers. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I can't rule out older people because sometimes we do get – um, people that are much older than us and they're just interested in the topic and or their work is involved in it and they want to be able to get in touch with the people that are speaking or hearing the young people's view on the topic. Yeah. So on a more kind of personal note, can you tell us about your committee of eight? How did you all meet? What brings you all together? I, I was reading on your site, you're the most eclectic bunch. There's like a, a few lawyers, some judges, clerks, a pharmacist. Like what, yeah. what ties the knot? <laughs> um, what ties the knot? And this is a big shout out to an organisation that I'm very proud to have been a part of. Um, we all met through Ignite Consultants, which um, is a organisation that we, we all went to Otago University together. Um, and it started out in Otago Uni, but has now moved to Victoria here. Um, and that is that provided us an extracurricular thing to do while at uni that um, provided kind of business consultancy free to charities that needed help in Dunedin. Um, so we all came, we all became friends through this common attitude we have to wanting to be involved in our communities to help them um, and to, to do practical things, like actually see results rather than, I don't know, throwing throwing ideas at them just because we have degrees or whatever um, and not actually seeing, like, seeing it able to be played out by those people. What is your event coming up on Thursday? You have another one of your monthly events right around the corner. Um, the title on Facebook is How to Do Good Better? Yes, it is. Um, and that is hosted by Yang, who is very interested in effective altruism. So in that, that event, we will be looking at how many people, like ourselves and most of the people that tend to attend our events, um, have the intention and the resources to provide either our skills or our money to people in need. But we all seem to face the paralyzing issue of how to start and who to give our money or time or skills to. Um, so that will be a very exciting event, which I encourage everyone to come along to. It's at Creative HQ, who are our fantastic... They've helped us out so much. Um, we've used them as an event space on the corner of Dixon and Taranaki there. Um, so it's upstairs there at 6, and we'll be hearing from the 1% Collective who are um, who are a really exciting charity. They're all about giving 1% of your salary to a chosen charity of their, what have they done, their filtering. So they've monitored who should, yeah, a small pool. You'll hear more about it. <laughs> um, and from Christine, who's in the process of launching the Good Registry. 
um, which is a social enterprise about paying it forward for events and birthdays and Christmas. Um, and then we'll also hear from our friends at Collaborate, which have recently launched their awesome app um, for individuals who want to volunteer and also charities that need help with um, vol- someone to volunteer. Yeah. Uh, so like a, a matchmaker for volunteers and charities. Yeah, exactly. That's wow. exactly how they pitched it to us. It's like Tinder for volunteers and charities. Brilliant. That's yeah. what we need. Less, yeah. less real Tinder. <laughs> um, wow. So what what is attractive to you about a model that invites more people in instead of having a, dedic- a dedicated committee to work on a particular project years for years and years? Um, I think that an important element of uh, us starting out, and I mean, we're only a year, not even a year old, so we're still very fresh. Um, but when we did sit down together and all kind of brainstormed specific goals as to who we are and what we want to do, um, we were very aware of not being too much of a tax on people's time. Our own time is fine, but on other people's, um, we wanted it to be an easy option for people to say, I'm interested in that kind of thing, but maybe not another type of thing. And I shouldn't be obliged, that we don't want people to be obliged to mm. have to get on board with every action. Um, so we try and keep them separate, but also keep those people coming because usually it tends to be that someone that's interested in homelessness in Wellington, which was a conversation that spanned out to the housing crisis and the economy and, you know, it gets broader. Um, Those people might also be interested in how do we get use of single use, get rid of single use plastic bags. Mm. That's really interesting. That particular meeting you had about bagging on plastic, which is so funny. I love that name. I didn't find the actions that you'd come up with. I was so interested to hear what were the conclusions from that conversation. I think the the reason you haven't been able to find them is just because we ourselves are a hectic little group of trying to organise a website and we're all working full time um, (laughs) and all that. Um, One of the main actions out of that was lobbying your local, the place where you go to your local supermarket, your local dairy, um, Encourage the use of boomerang bags. Who were we had someone from boomerang bags speak to us and explain what they are and um, how they've got uh, sewing workshops where you can go and help them just sew factory line, sew heaps, and donate them to your local shop because it's just it did seem to be like something that is a huge issue and it was an overwhelming discussion because it expanded into single use plastic in general. And we were aware of that when we formulated the the event. We were we were like we need to we need to draw some lines around what this topic's about. But of course, conversation and question and people's minds naturally go to the bigger things. Like why do we get takeaway containers? Why do we why do we use plastic at all? And what about where plastic's completely necessary? Like in sterile hospital situations. Like, how do you, yeah, how do you find the balance? And so that's why we tried to draw the line with just plastic bags because, as we learned that event, they have a maximum lifespan of 12 minutes. That's how long they're used for. And so it does seem like this extraneous thing a lot of people could cut from their lives. I didn't know that. 12 minutes. That's Yeah, it's scary. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I use anything for that little time. Yeah. Wow. Um. You all work full-time, all eight of you? 
that yes. are on the committee. How and why do you keep this going? That's, you know, there's only so many hours in a week. Um, I think it's just totally right up all of our alleys. Like we've all been, we all are very busy and involved people. We love our community and I think we're also very balanced people, maybe not balanced in the respect of being sane about it all, but um, in terms of having our work life, having our personal lives, having our social lives, having our extracurricular lives, which this, I guess, is. Do you think that it's a generational thing, that your generation is willing to go above and beyond for the sake of providing solutions to these kind of existential crises like the never-ending plastic bag problem and the ever-growing homelessness in, in Wellington in particular? Definitely, definitely. And I think the recent election definitely um, reflected what I kind of thought at the time was just my own Facebook bubble. Um, but actually, as reality has played out, people our age are willing to engage and I think that that needs facilitating um, because... As I said, people don't want to be too obliged to do things and feel like it's a tax, but actually they care. So you need to find that fine balance. And I think Collaborate have done a great job in finding that balance. Um, I should add, by the way, because this is radio and we can't see Joanne's beautiful face, um, how old are you and your crew? You don't have to be specific if you don't want, but the, the vague age range of um, all of you? Yeah, so I'm, 20, I'm 27 now, um, but everyone else is... 20, I don't know, 25 to 28-ish. We've all been out of uni for two to three years. Um, yeah, so we, back to the young professional thing, uh, we are, in, we all just through our work or whatever, we um, are connected to, you know, young professional networks, um, which are great for your career, but um, sometimes, I don't know, like all of us on the committee, we we want something else. Something a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background? What what did you, how, did, how do you think your life affected how you ended up here today? What have you done up until this point? Um, <laughs> what have I done? I don't, I've always been someone that's had kind of like, the tip of a finger in every pie. Um, so I never could quite, I was never quite like the sporty girl or the drama girl or the, I don't know, the academic girl. I was just a bit of everything. Um, and right through school, that kind of led me into community things. And then I guess as I've gotten older, I've been able to articulate that community is really important to me. Um, and I think that if someone, I think people need to give time to it to build it because the people that don't care about it, they still use it. And so just to have someone else facilitating that means a lot. And I feel like um, I've noticed that with Wellington, Wellington Regional Council, Wellington City Council. Um, lots of people don't know who the councillors are or whatever, but the presence of the council I find very, in everyone's lives, maybe it's because Wellington is such a walkable, small city. Um, but it's my admiration for those sorts of, you know, various organisations such as NGOs and how the council works and those people behind it that um, do what they like to do. So I guess when I was at uni, then I then was studying. Um, I started off doing health side, thinking, oh, I'll be a doctor. I quit that after <laughs> six months. Um, that was definitely not for me, but... 
that was because I'd grown up, went through high school being good at science and maths, um, but also classics and Latin and English. So I was a bit of, yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I ended up doing law and arts. Um, my arts quite kept me sane for that. That was filled my creative side. So I think, and then I also got into extracurricular things like Ignite. Um, and I stayed with them for two years, three. So I got in as a consultant and then I joined the executive and things just kept going from there. And I made great friends and really cool, like-minded people. And that's why we've been able to start the Social Change Collective because we met up in Wellington and realised that Ignite is specifically for university students. And unfortunately, we no longer fit that category. <laughs> um, but we did spend quite a lot of time thinking and mulling it over whether we should create something like the Social Change Collective because as is symptomatic of the NGO sector and charities is that it's flooded with people doing, often doing the same thing. Um, but they all care about it and they all want to do it. And Yeah, so finding a point of difference was quite, um, took a while for us to really figure out, but we think that bridging what we learned and how effective we were with Ignite, bridging that experience with taking actions and connecting, but stepping outside of the university-educated world, if we can, as much as we can, is something that we think is needs to be bridged. Wow. Oh. What, um, I guess just before we, we've got a few minutes left, but before we wrap up, what are the real challenges in what you're doing? What is the, oh, you've got a whole section there on your page. What, yeah, what's, what's hard? Um, I actually don't have a whole list of challenges. I have a whole <laughs> list of the best things about it. Oh, um, but the, the, key, the key challenge would be, um, personally, it's the juggling, but I can't help it. I love juggling my time and my activities. So, um, But with that is because we are event-focused, we, we want it to be a, a place where you can network, where you can talk to like-minded people, where you can discuss the subject matter you can go and talk to the speakers afterwards so to do that you kind of need food and drinks <laughs> um which we have all just paid for ourselves so far but we definitely haven't worked out yet a full sustainability plan because we can't keep going funding um our food and our drinks and our gifts for our speakers which are usually just like a bar of wellington chocolate <laughs> but um yeah, so it's really nice to be able to provide a few drinks for people um, and some hummus and bread and stuff. And we are so grateful that we already have this free venue to use. Well, sort of free, <laughs> don't really. Um, but that's, you know, longevity planning. We need, we would really just like someone to help us. <laughs> so if anyone is a a beverage company or food um, that would want to sponsor us or just give us some small donations, we would really, really appreciate that <laughs> because it's chasing that, chasing, mm. chasing, chasing, which is the the challenge. Wow, that is hard. It's hard starting out with it. You've got the idea all locked in and it's about making it happen in all of the different ways that it needs to happen. Um, I feel like that... You've given listeners a lot to think about, a lot to think about where they can go if they have. Can people come to the Social Change Collective and say, I don't know what to do about this, bring someone to help me deal with it? 
Like um, they, they might say, there's a water crisis in Brooklyn and I don't know what to do. So that you might invite oh, water com- consultants. Completely. Like we are, especially with the um, contemplating the future, we, we aren't, we don't know everything. So we can't decide every topic that should be covered. But we're trying to make it a regular thing. So if someone had some cool ideas for something we should explore, particularly like something that's Wellington-based or Wellington-based that can that has a broader conversation around it, we would love to have any any ideas or inputs. So you're welcome to email us. Yeah. Great. And what is that email address? That's just socialchangecollectivenz at gmail.com. So easy. Because we still can't afford to have it at Social Change Collective. So <laughs> It's yeah. small beginnings, small it beginnings. Is. It is. Who knows, maybe someone at Microsoft is listening and they want to sponsor you and give you your own <laughs> domain name. That's right, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, thank you, Joanne, so much for coming along. Um, does the Social Change Collective have like an anthem, a song that gets you pumped when you're feeling low? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Put you so on the spot there. You did put me on the spot. <laughs> as I was walking okay. here. We'll play something. <laughs> something random. Yeah. Well, as I was walking here, I was listening to that that song. <laughs> that that song. Hang on, I'll find it. It is. Um I'm a rebel just for kicks. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> see that sounds that sounds pretty accurate for the social change collective. We've only got twenty seconds left, so we'll oh, have to Google that. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was B side stories for the twenty first of November. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sophia Mayron, and I'm Sadie Co. And, and that was Joanna. What was your last Lambert. name again? Lambert. Joanna yeah. Lambert. Thanks for coming, Joanna. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Thank you. That was great. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.